All right, so we're going to sing Jesus Paid It All, which is the next page. 59. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength in me is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone. chapter 7 and verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see an, another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. All right. So return with me now to where Brother Gene read for us in Romans chapter 8 this morning. I had Brother Gene read before our text this morning so that we would uh, have a good perception of what Paul is writing here, what he was talking about, and the explanation that he gave in chapter 7 there after verse 14 and some before where he talked about the separation of the spirit and the flesh. And uh, I want us to look at this. He called this the law of the spirit of life. And if this sermon is to have a title, and it is, we'll call it the law of the spirit of life. So let's look briefly over uh, the scriptures that Brother Gene read for us. For we know, verse 14, Romans chapter 7, that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I want us to notice those first three words. For we know. How do we know that? How do we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal and sold <laughs> under, sin, under sin, being a sinner? Well, he knew, and you and I know, because it has been revealed unto us. It's not something something that's naturally perceived in the fallen nature of the mind of man. That makes sense. It's not something that we can naturally grab a hold of, like a force that's waiting for us to grab a hold of and control it. It is a realization that is brought to us by the Spirit of God. How do we know? Because God has revealed it to us. How do we know that the law is spirit, but I am carnal, sold under sin? Here's how we know. By experience and living in that revelation. Okay, it's been revealed to us. We know now, alright, this is what he's saying. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is how I know. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do, that do I. So he's talking about this spiritual battle that comes to pass after the truth has been revealed unto us. After we have a spiritual life within us. Yes, that spiritual life is a force. And it's a force drawing you to God. It's a force guiding you in His steps. Showing you His ways. <clears throat> for that which I do I allow not. For what I would that I do I not. But what I hate that I do. Do you find that in your life? In a way, as far as recognition, that's a good thing. Because it shows that there's spiritual life there revealing that carnal, sinful part of yourself. 
when God saves us, He gives us that knowledge. And it is a saving knowledge. It is a life-giving knowledge. So here we see the battle that we live every day, don't we? Yeah, we do. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, so to understand, because I'm experiencing it. If you have the love of Jesus in your heart, you're experiencing it every day. You see good. And you desire to do it. But you are in a sinful world. You still have within you a sinful nature, though hopefully beaten down, as Paul uh, explains to us later, to mortify or to put it down, to quit uh, living by it, to quit giving this nature attention, these fleshly desires attention, or even thoughts, but it's still there. And we find ourselves sinning. And it's a great sadness to us, isn't it? When we do. Because we realize we're sinning against a holy, righteous God that came and did live His life in this sinful world. A perfect life. And loved us enough to do it and to voluntarily give His life for us. Verse 18 says, For I know, here, here again, He knows. We know, because it's been revealed to us through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, God saves. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Verse 22 says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law or another principle in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am. And then this wonderful question. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Alright. Now we come to our verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 and 2. He just thanked God through Jesus Christ because it is He that shall deliver us from this body of death. And He's doing so today. We are being conformed to His image. What is the image of Jesus Christ? He was a perfect man. He never sinned. Everything that He did, He did in accordance with the law and by the direction of God the Father. He did the Father's will, remember? He said it and He did it. Alright. There is therefore, now that we know these things, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Yes, the enemy will accuse us. And yes, he will rightly accuse us at times because as Paul, we do still find ourselves committing sin, don't we? 
but he can't condemn us. Why? Because Jesus Christ has paid the demanded price for our sins. We are covered by that shed blood. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from that law or that principle of sin and death. Where did that principle come from? Well, in the Garden of Eden, God pronounced to Adam that he should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that grew in the midst of the garden. And if he did, on that day he would surely die. So sin equals or causes death. That's where that principle or that law came from. It's as simple as that. Sin equals death. It's God's law. God is a holy, righteous God. He cannot tolerate and will not tolerate sin. The law of the Spirit of life. What is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus? Well, that's an interesting question. And I'm going to tell you that the law or the doctrine or the gospel of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what has made me free from the law of sin and death. I was born under this law or principle of sin and death with no hope, no way out. But praise God, He loved me and sent His Son, didn't He? To live that perfect life that God demanded for a sacrifice. So it's the gospel of the Spirit. That's where the life is. God uses the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ did, not just on the cross, but being born a human but no sin, he didn't inherit the uh, this principle or this law of sin because there was no man involved in his birth. We realize that. And then he didn't sin. This gospel of what Jesus Christ did is what God uses to quicken hearts and minds. We always return to it, don't we? We always return to what Jesus Christ did on the cross because it's God's plan of salvation. It's God's way of feeding us spiritually and lifting us up and bringing us back when we fall. The gospel of Jesus Christ, you see. The law of the Spirit of life. It's a principle, a law. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from this law of sin and death that I was born into. Well, I said that this is it is the gospel. The law of the Spirit of life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where did the gospel come from? Who's the author of the gospel? 
It's the Spirit of God. It's God, isn't it? The words written in this Holy Bible were inspired by God, and the Holy Spirit moved those men to write these words. Not just in the Old Testament. So the Spirit of God is the author of the Gospel. Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, is the author of our faith in the Gospel. That we believe it and realize it applies to us. And then, in application, we apply it to our lives. Alright? So the Spirit, who is the author of the Gospel, also makes the Gospel effectual to us. Without this action of God, the Bible would not be effectual in quickening your heart and making you alive. The world has forgotten the operation of God in salvation. But we remember and we stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ as it's proclaimed in the scriptures. So the gospel, the Spirit of God, through the Spirit of God, is conveyed into our hearts and minds and the substance of this life that's conveyed to us are spiritual things. Their spiritual love, it's spiritual motivation, it's spiritual guidance, it's spiritual nourishment and food that is given to us. It's love for God and His Word that's conveyed to us. When and I both worked out at the paper mill for years and years, and all over our converting department were conveyors, automatic rollers. And Diane worked out there for years too. We all know what a conveyor is. Well, a conveyor would move a product from one place to another place. That's what the Spirit of God has done with the gospel. It's moved it from this book off of these pages or from these words of the gospel into the mind and heart of the believer. It's been conveyed to us. Again, God's in control, isn't he? God is in control. So, the law of the Spirit of life is the means of quickening dead sinners. If you are saved this morning, within the sound of my voice, you need to realize that that salvation was a gift from God conveyed to you from Him. The law of the Spirit of life is the means of quickening dead sinners, of working and working faith in them to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ to the saving of their souls. Predestined to be so predestined by God to be conformed to His image. And you begin uh, 
becoming conformed to his image when this truth is conveyed to your heart and your mind. You're convinced that Jesus died on the cross for you, not just for one group of people, but for you personally. The law of the Spirit of life. By this faith, we live on Christ. You remember him saying, uh, the Lord said that you must eat of my body and drink of my blood. And they were like, whoa, where's this guy coming from? Remember that? This is where he was coming from. He was speaking of spiritual food. And it's him. Gives us the ability for, to partake of him. And by doing so, we discover the way of salvation in Christ Jesus. What a discovery. What a wonderful saving knowledge that he gives us. And he does it through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit to apply it. What a Savior. This gospel provides spiritual food for those that are hungry for Jesus Christ. It's in Him. It comes from Him and it concerns Him. All right. Back up to verse 1 now. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I've been set free, remember, from the law of sin and death. And that continues to war against my spiritual being. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jesus Christ. In Christ elected from eternity by Him, loved by Him, chosen in Him. What a blessing to know that. Even though I was a worm in the dirt, Brother James, He chose me anyway, in spite of myself. We were considered by Him in a covenant between God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? He took upon Him our sin. And being in Him, I want you to realize this morning that you are secure from condemnation. Over in John chapter 3, the Lord said He didn't come into the world to, consider, to condemn the world, but the world was already condemned. Right. By what? That law that we found in the Garden of Eden. Right? right. Everybody was already condemned. Right. If there was a man involved in your birth, well, there was only one situation where that wasn't the case. And that was the Son of God. Amen. Who walked not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now we've uh, talked here quite a bit about our spiritual walk and that that's what he's talking about here. Well, 
when we look at this, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. We've established how we're in Christ Jesus, how it came about, who initiated it, God, who performed it, God, who's living it out in us, God, the Holy Spirit. And then there's an identifier here, who walk not after the flesh. Well, I'm in a body. I am flesh. I am alive. So I am walking in the flesh, physically speaking. Well, what he's talking about here is not walking after the influences of that fallen nature in the flesh. Not following the world who, by the way, is following Satan. Whether it's on the surface or not, the world, you can, you can see the world spiraling downhill. But we are not to be influenced by the ways of the world. We don't walk by the ways of the world. We walk by, and again, this walk is how we live our daily life, how we think, how we speak, how we act, how we feel. But we're to walk after the Spirit. I said earlier, at least once, that we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. How did he walk? Well, there's the walk. There's the path that we're to follow. Remember what he told the fishermen? He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. So that is to walk in the path that he walked. Live the way he lived. Love the way he loved. Not to follow the ways and influences of the flesh. And then this identifier goes on and says, okay, who walk not after the flesh? No, we put down the flesh. We walk off and leave the flesh. But who walk after the Spirit? So that is to follow the designs, the leadership, the direction, the path of the Spirit. And what is the Spirit bringing to us? What is the Spirit teaching us? The Gospel of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't just, it doesn't start right before He hung on the cross. No, it starts when the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a child without a man, the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the nucleus of this book. It's the nucleus of our lives. We always return to it, don't we? Always return to Him. Not walking in the way of the world, but in the way of the Lord. What a Savior. The Holy Spirit of God is the effective an efficient cause of all grace.
And salvation is all grace, isn't it? And it's the Holy Spirit that saves. Oh, praise God. That His plan is perfect, and He works His plan perfectly. Uh, we praise Him in the highest this morning. He deserves all the praise, doesn't He? All the glory belongs to Him. Praise God. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word this morning. May, by the Holy Spirit of God, apply it to our hearts and nourishly nourish us, replenish us, us, bring us up from where we've fallen, tighten us up where we're slipping. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus Christ has all the power in heaven and earth. It's all been given unto Him. I want you to depend on Him, rely on Him, go to Him. He's there for you always.